What's up, beautiful people? We're back with another episode of the Be Chic Podcast with your host, Brittany Ball. On the Be Chic Podcast, we believe that there's a healthy intersection between money, career, passion, and purpose. Grab your notebook, turn the volume up, and let's get into it. So we are diving into a new direction of the podcast, which focuses solely on money. We will be we will be talking about budgeting your money, managing your money, how to make more money. So we'll still be talking about career moves that will help you be better with your uh, finances because you're making more. And then also how to increase your own cash flow with fully controlling your money and that's by making more through your own business or through your own efforts Uh, whether it's just selling stuff every now and then out of your home or uh, starting a shop on Etsy or starting to provide a service for friends and family and then branching out like whatever the idea may be just injecting a little bit more cash into your household for better management so today we are jumpstarting this new area of the podcast with my story. I want to be able to share with you all a little bit behind the scenes of how I got to where I am with budgeting. So I do not consider myself one of the experts of experts like Dave Ramsey or even the budget Nista or uh, Susan Orman, like any of those um experts because I'm definitely not at their level and I'm also not as old as them but I have been hyper focused and super dedicated to budgeting at least since I started college and that was in 2011 so over the years I have definitely accumulated a lot of information and distilled a lot of things that I found on the interwebs in person through experience that I want to share with you all people like me people who understand the problems that I have with my finances because you have them too so let's dig a little deep into my story with budgeting personal financial management and kind of where I'm at today as far as my own thought processes around good financial management and positive uh, money mindset So like I mentioned before, I started my journey in about 2011 when I graduated from high school. I was off to college and my mom helped me do the responsible thing. And that was get my first credit card to start building my credit. So by the time I was done with school, I could start making smart, big financial decisions with established credit and hopefully good credit. So that was all great, nice and dandy and all, but I did not get the tools to know exactly what to do with that credit card. Now, disclaimer, I say that because I wasn't truly explained the repercussions of poor credit card spending. However, the banker did tell me, When you use this card, whether it be for gas or food on campus, make sure you pay it off right away in order to avoid any interest and get the maximum benefits of the credit building of this student card. But I did not heed her warning. And of course, as a silly 17 year old, because I did not turn 18 until I was already in college, I started to spend my credit card money on things that were not in the budget. 
And you can imagine that that balance started to rack up. Now, my saving grace with this secured student card is that I had a fixed interest rate and a fixed credit limit. So I couldn't do too much damage that was, um, you know, irreversible. I was able to easily get back on track because of the built in basically like fail stops. That's the the right term, right? (laughs) If it's not, it is today. So, um, you know, having that credit card kind of opened my eyes to the possibilities of credit spending. And so at that point, I thought that, you know, I was really doing it, honestly. And I was like, I feel so grown because I have a credit card. Let me go out and get another one, right? Perfect logic. (laughs) But... I didn't realize that this was actually opening a can of worms that was going to lead to uh, a poor financial decision that was just repeated over the next couple of years. And the first one that sent me down the wrong hole, I'm sure I'm not the only one whose testimony is this, but my next credit card was with Victoria's Secret. Now, why was I shopping at Victoria's Secret? Because they have great marketing and great rewards, at least in 2011. And so I got sucked in. I got their credit card. And because I was new and like freshly minted into the credit world my credit score was pretty good and I believe I had a two thousand dollar credit limit off the bat now if I responsibly used that card which means I only bought like the sample size (laughs) uh body sprays because that was like the only thing in my budget in college I would have been fine but no I decided to buy all the things that were like sixty dollar sets or more And I uh, quickly started to build negative, um, toxic credit spending habits towards the beginning of college because I got that Victoria's Secret credit card. And so, like I said, what followed that was signing up for other credit cards and just spending money that I did not have because I had access to this card And over the next few years, you know, I felt really good about building my wardrobe and my chic style. But that was on the backs of future Britney's finances. Who would have known? Or I guess I should have said on the back of. But who would have known that I was actually doing this on top of my future self? And it was not good for her. So I quickly realized how bad of a decision this was when I was paying credit card bills. And at this point, you know, they they had compounded. I had I am sorry to admit, but it is the truth. I'm just telling my story. I had about four store credit cards by the end of college, if not more. I don't even know if I'm uh, counting this correctly, but I had at least four store credit cards and obviously each one had a certain balance. Now I was responsible with paying my balances. Well, I should say making minimum payments, not necessarily paying my balances, but that was the problem over the years. It continued to compound. And as you know, as your, uh, balance increases, your minimum payment also increases. So by the time I got to my last year of college, I was, paying so much in my minimum credit card payments that I didn't have much room in my budget to do 
anything else. And so my spending was very limited because of all of the credit card payments I had and the limited student worker budget that I had. Thankfully, I had a student um, worker allowance in my financial aid package every year. So I had a campus job every year. And that allowed me to still have income, still be able to pay my own bills outside of, you know, the basics that were covered through room and board and tuition. But it was still hard because there was things that I still wanted to do. And I remember biweekly, I had like a $20 spending budget. And I was so happy that I could at least go to Chipotle with my friends on the weekends Um, outside of classes and whatnot. But outside of that, I could not do much. So shout out to the budget theaters out there uh, near my school as well, because those really helped on my broke college student budget. But the good that came out of this period was that I immediately started to build some savvy budgeting skills. And what I had to adapt for myself was a zero sum budget, which basically allocated all of my money to individual categories and determined once all of these are taken care of, the rest is free to spend without any guilt because your obligations are taken care of and out of the way. And so I gathered the discipline needed very early on to follow a budget out of necessity. And I know that's probably why budgeting gets a bad rap because it is normally used out of necessity or, you know, you not only end up with zero at the end of the week, but you actually end up with less than zero. So because of that, I, um, was not a big fan of it, but also with me being someone who loves to organize things and create spreadsheets, create systems and create workflows. I actually found at least in this terrible situation, some solace, some enjoyment and some satisfaction in building my budget and refining it every week to make sure that I was optimizing my money and my spending. So I said that I finally got to that point of very successful budgeting at the end of undergrad. But right after undergrad, I went to grad school in Chicago, meaning my income didn't increase drastically. So my actual payments to credit cards did not increase either. Again, I got crafty and I began to experiment with even more budgeting systems that allowed me to continue to find some areas in which I could still spend my money and enjoy my life despite all the credit card payments I was making. So every now and then I would make a surplus payment or an additional payment on a credit card. But most of the time I was just keeping up with my minimum payments and I was trying not to spend my credit card money as much. Also around this time, because I was responsible with my payments and I pretty much oscillated between having a decent amount of a balance versus available credit. So my score actually went up 
despite having so many credit cards and then slowly started to go down after I hit my peak. And um, at this point, I was able to increase my credit limits, which also allow for my credit score to go up and to kind of manage my payments a little bit better with those small changes. And so that combined with my budget kind of helped me coast through grad school, even though I did not fully address my credit card situation because I didn't have a full time income to do so. Also, at the same time, I was racking up student loan debt. So I had a few scholarships for grad school here and there, very small ones, but I did not get enough funding to truly cover the cost of my schooling for grad school. So I ended grad school with, please don't gasp, over $100,000 in student loan debt. So not only was I preparing myself for the real world with all of this credit card debt and student loan debt, but I was creating a system in which to still survive in this financial situation through my budgeting, even though I was not able to make a big dent in it. And so I know this story sounds like it just keeps getting worse and worse and worse as I go further down the wormhole. But I just want to show that if you're in a similar situation, you're not alone. If you are in a similar situation, there's hope. If you are in a similar situation, but you don't know how to manage your money just on a basic level for budgeting, I got you. And... If you're not in a similar situation, but you're thinking, good God, it's not as bad for me. So if I go to her for budgeting help, I will be in an even better situation. You're right. (laughs) That is the case. But also, it's still possible to live your life responsibly, despite having a background with your money like I do. And it is very possible to still tackle it all and chip away at that credit card debt, chip away at that student loan debt without breaking your back and sacrificing so much, you know, without having a full-time job plus a part-time job, plus only doing the basics, never traveling. I have still been able to live my life, get married, buy a house, move three times, um, across state lines and uh, and travel. Now, obviously, it is taken away from some things that I could be doing with credit payments, but I feel that it is important to tackle those major money decisions in addition to having a life. It is important to have a balance. So stick with me as I continue the story, but I thought that I'd chime in in the middle there with kind of the moral of the story. <laughs> So when I was done with grad school, obviously, um, you know, I kind of had to take a good look in the mirror and say like, okay, girl, you're going to have to start paying your student loans back and tackle this credit card debt. So 
what you're going to do. And so at that point, you know, I did explore different options. I did consolidate my credit cards into one new credit card. So I did balance transfers. I got very crafty with how I um, spent my money and budgeted my expenses. I lived my first year out of grad school with my parents. I was lucky enough to get a job in my industry, in my hometown, right out of grad school. So I was able to stay with my parents and save that money before my savings had to switch over to saving for uh, my wedding. And I continue to focus greatly on my budget. And although it was strict, that was liberating for me. I knew what I could spend and I knew that I would have enough money for all of my obligations and some fun stuff in between checks. So yes, I was living paycheck to paycheck, but I was learning to live within my means and be content with that. I even got my budgeting down to a point where between grad school and going into the like real world with a full-time career without school, I was able to fund quite a few trips for myself and my boyfriend at the time on this shoestring budget. Basically, I went to Orlando, Austin and Orange County all within one year of each other. So it is possible to be in a position where you dug, have dug yourself into like this credit card debt, this student loan debt and still be able to live your life and make good decisions with your money and enjoy it. So in 2019, I, um, this is a culmination of everything. Essentially, I got to a point with my credit cards where I was like, okay, this still isn't working. Like, let's see what I can do to really make a dent. Well, it's not that, oh, this still isn't working, but it's like, okay, I want to get more serious about getting rid of this credit card debt. And so I sought help from um, some friends that are, are in banking, that are in credit repair specialization, and just really finding ways to tackle the credit part. So like on this podcast, we won't talk so much about credit building and debt consolidation and debt payment and stuff like that, because that's not my specialty, but I definitely do employ like different tactics to get rid of credit card debt, kind of change your uh, money mindset so that you don't end up in a place like that. But it really comes from a place of like true budgeting to be able to manage all that and still live your life or true budgeting that allows you to live your life on your modest income and then finding ways to increase your income because if your assets outweigh your liabilities, then you're in a great place, you know? So um, leading up to today from 2019, I really started to focus on ways in which I could increase my cash flow. So I started experimenting with other budget strategies and different mindset tricks in order to continue to encourage myself into money abundance and just being able to attract more of what I desire so that we could be in a financial place that we wanted to be in as a family. And I feel like that definitely happened because I was able to find ways to make a little bit more money, save more consistently, 
And we were able to um, fund a lot of major money decisions. Now, sometimes it wasn't with the surplus of savings that we wanted, but by our diligence throughout the year, and then also <laughs> our faith in God and God showing out in our lives. Cause you know, that is a component as well as putting your faith in God, being a regular tither and just knowing that God will kind of bring everything together when you need him most. We were able to move cross country twice. And I'll have a whole nother episode about that second one. <laughs> if you've been with the podcast for a while, you've heard the the episode about moving cross country from Wisconsin to Texas. There was a second move since then. And then also, um, we were able to purchase a home and then go on to sell that home, which is a nice little expense in itself before you get the payout. And we might have an episode about that coming up. And then we were also able to just find ways to be more diligent and smart with our money, whether it was finding an increase in something we did on the side or getting an increase at work and still being smart about not letting our expenses increase too much. We just got a little bit smarter day by day, month by month by sticking to a budget and making tweaks as needed. So that pretty much like sums up my story when it comes to budgeting. I am at a place now where I do what I've coined macro budgeting. And there's another episode coming on the podcast about that concept, about how I consider my budgeting now Versus how I considered it before. And obviously it's been influenced by the change in my income. But all the budgeting I have done from 2011 to 2020 was what I consider micro budgeting. Literally looking at every expense that I have in every budget category that I've set for myself and allocating all of my funds to one of those categories. So at the end of the month, it equaled zero because everything was accounted for. But now I live in a space of financial abundance, at least in my mindset, even if my money may not say that on some days, is that I can look at my money from a macro perspective. I can look at my money and think, you know, I've covered all my bills. This is excess. What is priority to me right now? And so I get a little bit more into that in the episode about micro and macro budgeting. But I wanted to start off this new season or this new series of podcasts within this topic on my story because it definitely came from a place of obligation and necessity. But over the years, as I've grown in my career and just my mindset and everything, my money decisions have had to grow as well. And so I have a wealth of experience on managing a budget from different levels in life, different stages in life, different stages of income. And I've done it successfully where I wasn't feeling desperate. And if I was, I knew where to go to find resources for help and how to 
course correct and get back to a place where I was able to take care of myself with my own money. And so with that, I want to share some advice, some tidbits every week with you, whether it has to do with your budget as it stands or whether it has to do with your mindset or your career or your budding business that will help you in your money journey along the way. So buckle up, buttercup. Join me on this ride because we'll be talking about a lot of great stuff when it comes to your money. And I just hope that you enjoy it as much as I enjoy sharing my story and my advice. All right, beautiful people, that's it for the podcast today. Now, you know, I can't let you go without doing some housekeeping. This is like the collection plate time at church when they're reading the announcements. Make sure that you are subscribed to this podcast so that you get notifications for every episode that comes out each week. And while you're at it, go ahead and leave me a review on Apple Podcasts so that I know I'm dropping these golden nuggets as you deserve. Last but not least, head over to my website, bchicu.org. That's B-C-H-I-C dot O-R-G and download the B-Sheet budget template. I'm telling you, it's life-changing, especially if you don't already have a budget. As soon as you land on that page, you'll see a bluish gray bar at the top. Just click on the link and get signed up to get your budget template right away. All right, that's all I got for you this week. Next week, we'll come back with the heat. But in the meantime, keep it chic.